0: Thank you so much, Brother Todd, and we'll enjoy the special, too, song and congregational singing as well. The Lord bless us today to think about His grace and multiply His mercy in whatever area of life we can. I want you to turn with me, though, to Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, please. Let's look at verse 11 through 19, Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, "Where Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger? And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made. The whole. What a profound scripture to teach what God thinks of thanksgiving and to motivate us to plead for His mercy and appreciate God in every aspect of our lives. I know this is a familiar account of Scripture for you. It has been for me. But you will find that the Word of God will teach you something every time you pick this book up. It is a living Word. What I want to try to talk about today is the glory of gratitude. It too is a part of a series I've been trying to deal with entitled Powers That Be. And I believe one of the greatest powers that we have is the power of gratitude. You can go through pain and hurt and loss. And if you're thankful, you can make it. Your heart may be broke, but if you're thankful, you'll get the way you need to go. And it is amazing when you really think about reality. Some of the most hurt of our life has brought us the most glory to God. Therefore, we should be thankful for even those hurts as we come close to God. Because that is why we're here to glorify God. And thanksgiving glorifies God. Jesus says that it does. So I pray that God would help us today as we look at this. Certainly it will convict us. It sure has been. God forbid that we be ungrateful. There's really no excuse. The Samaritan proves that. And you know, when I think about power, you know, gratitude, When we have an attitude of gratitude, that will increase our altitude. You think about an eagle that flies. That eagle is way up there. And gratitude will get you way up there spiritually. It doesn't matter how much gloom and doom you see. You see, that eagle doesn't worry about crossing a river. Or how tall a mountain is. Neither should we be so concerned about what the future looks like when we're grateful. I'm going to tell you, gratitude will give you power because gratitude glorifies God. And when you glorify God, you're in the right prospect of life to know that God's will is being done. And when you know God's will is being done, you're submitting to that. And you're the happiest. And you have joy. And joy is your strength. I'll tell you though, you know gratitude? Gratitude displaces complaining. You know how you kind of assess if you're really thankful or not? Think about your heart. Examine your heart. How much do you complain about? You take a person that's always finding something wrong with everything. That person is not really grateful for what they do have. We need to be thankful. We need to be full of gratitude. And we see that here in this lesson. The glory of gratitude. I believe you want to glorify God. And here's a way to do it. Be thankful. And we have so much to be thankful for. I want us to look at some parts of this verse or this text or context of this. Notice that Jesus is on a journey and it says there in verse 11 that it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now why did he do that? I believe Jesus did that because he was going to heal some lepers. See, Jesus knows exactly where to be. And nothing is accidental with God. And so it says in verse 12, as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now I want to say something about leprosy. Leprosy is like sin, okay? In the Old Testament, Jewish dispensation. Leprosy devastated so many. And in the Old Testament, when you were a leper, you cannot get around anybody. It would make social distancing for COVID-19 look like eating a lollipop uh, on the Sunday corner. I mean, these men could not get around anybody. They had to cry out from a distance. I'm unclean, they had to say. And if you read Leviticus, And I'm going to take you there in a minute. I want you to know that these lepers, everything they touched was contaminated. Their clothes, their their houses, where they sat, they all were contaminated. Now I want to say this to you, and if I can say it compassionately, I want to say it that way. But if I can't, I want to ask God to help me say it the way God would have it be. We are all lepers. We are all sinners. How do I know that? God says it in His Word. Yet, we have been saved by the magnificent, precious blood of Jesus. How do I know that? God says it. That's how I know it. Sometimes I don't feel saved. Do you? Sometimes I don't feel like a sinner. But I am. Because God says I am. And so when you think about what happened to this leper, you can understand why one of them came to Jesus and fell at his feet when he was healed and cleansed and said, thank you, Lord. But what you can't understand is why the other nine didn't do the same thing. I believe that thanksgiving and gratitude is what God is calling us to see, the principal point. Because there's a lot more people that pray to God than thank God. These nine men Ten of them prayed to God. Nine of them did not thank Him. There's a lot more people that go to church than that are thankful. And yet, I want you to understand with me that when we are not thankful, we are not cleansed and whole as we ought to be. So it means we can worship and be leprous. And that means that everything we touch has sin in it. And I agree with the Puritans that said, even the tears of our repentance have to be washed in the blood of Jesus. We can sing songs and they can be tinted with sin. This very sermon I'm trying to tell you has enough sin in it to send me to hell. And I need to know, and you need to know, that God has cleansed you. And He's the only one that can do it. And if you haven't got there with Him, you need to go. You need to go back to Jesus and to the cross. But I'm going to tell you, this leprosy, there's not nothing to wink at. There's not some social uh, dilemma. They did not try to water it down and say, well, it just happened. No. These people had no fellowship with God and no fellowship with one another. Leprosy was so horrific, I can't really describe it. What I've read about it, it desensitizes the very nerves so that you could rub yourself raw and not know you were hurting. Sin will do the same thing. We're living in a time where people sin and says it, say it's okay. It doesn't even hurt. There's no conscience. In Romans chapter 1, I believe we're clearly told that God has given us the first step of His wrath because what happened there, it says in Romans 1, 18 through 20 and 21, it says the people did not worship The Creator, as He was the Creator, but worshiped the creature, and neither were they thankful. And when they were not thankful, Romans 1 goes and says, They were given up by God to a reprobate mind, and men were with men, and women were with women. Does that sound like today? Do you understand where it comes from? No thanks. No thanks. But when the leper was cleansed, then and only then was that person restored into the fellowship of God. Oh, it just amazes me when I think how horrible sin really is. Like to leprosy. You know, I understand too, not only did you have any feelings, that the very marrow of your bones rotted. That a person's fingers and toes would just fall off. And yet, these men, no wonder they cried for mercy. They didn't say, Jesus, take away this leprosy. They said, Jesus, have mercy on me. And that's what we need to say. You know, you can thank God for the wrong thing. A chapter later in Luke 18, there was a Pharisee who thanked Jesus that he wasn't like everybody else. And there was a publican there that beat himself on his chest and said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I say to you, if we're going to get where we need to be thanking God and to see the glory of gratitude, we're going to have to see first that we're sinners. A leper was never ever cleansed until he was just covered with leprosy. Luke, um, Leviticus 13, you, you can read it sometime when you want to get sleepy, but it says all the catalog of things, the leper would go to the priest and The priest would examine them in a little spot here, a little spot there. He said, you got leprosy. But when he got to the point that he was covered, then he was clean. I don't understand that, but that's how salvation is. When we understand that I don't have anything, God, I don't have anything in me that's any good, and yet we're living in a society that tries to paint that, you know, I'm just this good old boy, you know. I think it makes God sick. I really do. When there's people, and I'm one of them that does not thank God for the blessings of cleansing because it's something that we can't do when sin comes into play. You know, I was thinking yesterday riding my lawnmower. It almost makes me ashamed of myself to even think about, I believe and I trust in the doctrine of election. You know why? Because I think of how horrible hell is. And I know that there's going to be people there. And it breaks your heart. And I know I'm not worthy to go but anywhere but there. But for some reason, God has brought me from that bondage. And has cleansed me. Of horrific leprosy, and I believe he's done that to you. Now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do To acknowledge you can't make yourself better? I'm going to tell you what you can do. You can thank God. Turn with me to Leviticus. Do you know where that book is? We don't read it enough. I want to show you some Jesus in Leviticus. Chapter 14. Here we find, and I'm not going to do the whole chapter, here is God's remedy for leprosy. And I want you to see Jesus. Leviticus chapter 14. in Verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. Notice with me. The leper goes, or the priest rather, goes to the leper. Jesus has to come to you. You see, Jesus comes to this place where these lepers were. Jesus had a purpose in that. Jesus had a purpose in meeting you somewhere on the road of life. Okay? And his purpose was to cleanse you. And the priest shall look and behold if the plague of leprosy, Jesus, came from heaven. He came from outside the camp. He came from there. Then shall the priest, in verse 4, command to take him, for that is to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. And for the living, as for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them. In the living bird, bird, in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water, and he shall sprinkle upon him, that is to be cleansed from the leprosy, seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose unto the open field. I want you to see Jesus. I want you to see his death, and I want you to see his resurrection. You see the sacrifice. That's what it takes to cleanse leprosy. That's what it takes to cleanse us from sin. Something we can't provide. Only the blood of Jesus can do it. So this first bird was offered, broken apart. His blood shed. And it's put in a basin. And another little bird was tied. His wings were tied. And he was tied on the end of a hyssop stick. And then that hyssop stick was dipped into the blood of the one that died. And then that one that was tied on the hyssop stick was lifted up and And the strings detached and the little bird with blood all over it flew away into the open field. You know what that means? It means that Jesus died on the cross. It means that when that happened, your sins were completely forever put away. You have become as white as snow because of the blood of Jesus. You didn't know anything about it. But what happens as that little blur, blood flies away, not only did Jesus die, He rose again. That is the resurrection. And so what happens when we're notified of this cleansing, it's like this little blur flying and the blood just sprinkling. Can't you imagine all over that place? When the cross becomes real to you, enough that you're going to stop and thank God, you're going to find that that blood of Jesus has applied to your conscience. And you see the guilt. And you see the need and the blessings of God. What a blessing. What a blessing. You know, I think sometimes we, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, don't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's bad, isn't it, for a preacher? <laughs> I don't know if I'll quit by 1030, I'll try, but I'm going to tell you. When I think of salvation, when I think of how Jesus cleanses us, and I think about it because a lot of times we don't know what he's done for us. What I'm saying is you don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel like being thankful. You don't have to feel like being thankful because you don't have to feel like you're saved. I think of many a time we feel like anything but. We felt like the lowest wretch. The Apostle Paul, you know what the power of thanksgiving did to him in Romans 7? He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Why did he say that? Because that little bird, blood, uh, in a mindset, a shadow of Christ, that was applied to his conscience. And he said, who shall deliver me from the bondage of this wrath to come or this body, this struggle of him? Then he said, I thank God. Or Jesus Christ. That's what got him through it. Yes, he struggled, and you and I do too, but you know what? The power we have is gratitude and thanking God for all that he's done for us. And what a blessing that is. What a joy that is. What a strength that should be to us as we see that in our lives. To know that we're cleansed. If a drowning man is pulled in by a strong hand from the turbulent waters at sea or somewhere. He's not going to be conscious of that happening. And he wakes up and he realizes that somebody has saved him. You know, that man's salvation is not going to be because he realized it. It's going to be because a strong hand brought him out of the water. And that's what happens in our life with Christ. So let's look at this. I got three little points I want to make. But Jesus Christ has made the best one and the biggest one and He says, where are the nine? First of all, I want you to see with me that gratitude changes things. Verse 15. Let's look at it. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed. That's one of the lepers. He healed all ten of them, didn't he? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice, glorified God. What we need to do is turn back to Jesus. And we turn back to Jesus and we don't have to turn back to Jesus because we're perfect. Jesus came to save sinners. If you think that you got to get everything hunky dory in your life before you can really thank God or come to Jesus, you mind are misunderstanding theology because Jesus came to save sinners. I already showed you. I hope God has that this. Jesus, Jesus came to these lepers. Old Testament, the priest went to the leper. And so they cried out for mercy. But it changes things. Gratitude will change things. It will displace a lot of sin in your life. I was reading this morning just in my grazing time, Ephesians chapter 5. It's amazing how you just find, all of a sudden you hear a thanksgiving verse. Verse 5, chapter 5, you don't have to turn there. Look what it says. Be ye therefore followers, in verse 1, of God as dear children. I mean, that's thanking God. Why do you think we follow Him? Because we're really thankful. Mary Magdalene followed Jesus. Why? Because she never got over being cast seven demons being cast out of her. She was thankful for what she was. was. She was the first woman that saw Jesus after he rose again in the garden. Mary Magdalene. She never left. It makes you follow Jesus. It changes your life if you're grateful. And I don't see how we couldn't be given what Jesus has done for us. And walk in love. In verse 2, as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. Don't do it. Neither filthy nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient. But, he says this, but rather giving of thanks. See, when you and I get really thankful, it keeps us from a lot of sin. It really does. You know, we're living in a world where people are just thank- unthankful. You know, when you see NFL players that make millions of dollars, just, just going to be defiant and rebellious against this country and against submitting to being under God. I tell you, I ain't, lived, I ain't looked at NFL game this year, don't intend to. I mean, you live in, even in a world where people are not thankful. This Samaritan, you know what a Samaritan is? Samaritan is a crossbreed. I mean, a, people, a person that was hated. You're talking about racial prejudice? This Samaritan didn't say, well, you know, I'm a victim. I've been on the plantation all these years, so I think you just need to give me all this. Huh. You know what that Samaritan did? He fell at Jesus' feet. You see it? Thank you, God. Thank you for saving me from sin. Thank you, God, that you've cleansed me. He wasn't going to say I'm a victim. I mean, that's where we all need to be. We're going to have to get away from this business about, you know, the world owes me everything. Well, you walk to Jesus. Peter did it. We had a lot of trouble because he was thankful. Look at verse, Psalms 107. I might have to finish this tonight, but I'll do whatever I have to do. Psalms 107. Here's a Here's a division of Psalms where I think Randy fits in pretty good. I mean, what happens is it's kind of an ebb and flow. You know, you get in a cry. You cry out to Jesus and he helps you and then you about two days later you forget him. And it's about like bahia grass. You got any bahia grass in the yard, you can cut it, you know, them little two prongs, two days, it'll be back. I think that's how ingratitude grows in our life. Just that quick. So, I want you to see in verse 8, I'm not going to read all this division. It says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Now notice before that, they were thirsty and hungry, and God fed them, but they didn't thank Him. Look at verse 15, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 21, oh that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works. Verse 31, oh that men would praise. Not could, but would. You know, what, you know what that means? It means thanksgiving is a decision. Are you ready to make up your mind to be thankful? Already trying to say you Don't want to be because you don't necessarily have to feel like it. Are you ready though to say, God, I'm going to be thankful. I want you to help me. Because it says, Oh, that men would be thankful. You know, I thought about this. I don't know if it fits or not, but you know, I don't know why I thought about it. You know that little thing that used to say, how much wood would a woodchuck wood if a woodchuck woodchuck would? You know what I thought about for some reason? I said, how, how much gratitude would a Christian have if a Christian would have gratitude? I believe it'll fit. I think we need to say that. Oh, my goodness, we need to be so thankful to God. But we need to walk back to Jesus. And then secondly, I want you to see in verse 18 from our text that gratitude glorifies God. I think that's without being said. It's implied. But I think we need to manifest it, thank God for it, and appreciate the opportunity we have every time, every situation of life, because that gives us power, gratitude. Gratitude glorifies God in verse 18. It's, Jesus says, They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. What Jesus is saying, that gratitude and giving Him glory go together. You want to glorify God, you thank Him. Okay? Notice till you do it now. That, that, that Samaritan, he didn't wait. And he said, well, you know, I don't, maybe I can do it after I go to the priest. See, what Jesus was saying to these priests, that was the ritual of things. A lot of people into rituals. A lot of people like church format. You know, they got to make sure everything's just right in place, okay? A lot of ritualistic things. I don't think God gives a rip about that kind of stuff. I frankly don't. What God is looking at is what's in your heart. Are you really, really thankful that God has blessed you, that He's cleansed you? Do you dwell on it in your life? And that's what's happening. But it glorifies God. The rest of the stuff doesn't. It might make people feel better. But we need to be more concerned about what makes God think, uh, look at our lives and please us. You know, there's levels of power. You take a vehicle, you got a gear shift, and you go first, second, third. I think thanksgiving and gratitude is like that. You know, Hebrews in 13, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 said we're to give thanks by the praise of our lips. I mean, I know that's just that's the lowest form of power, but we need to do it. Thank God with our words. You need to let people hear that you're thankful. I'm going to tell you, my friend Bill Green, many of you know Bill, has it right. I haven't seen Bill lately, but every time I've seen him in my life, and that's been 20 or 30 years that I've known him. You ask Bill, said Bill, how are you doing? He says, I'm thankful. You ever heard him say that? He's exactly right. You want to know how you're doing? You've got to say, are you thankful? Because you're not thankful something wrong somewhere. You hear me? You know I was reading too and um, there's a magazine. I wasn't reading a magazine. I read an article from it. uh, Mind and Body about health. And they have determined that, that health is determined by how thankful you are. They have done tests where it shows profoundly correct that people that are thankful for the good things in their life are less stressed. They have a lower heart Blood pressure. Uh, Duke University in that same article cited where they did a study on people healing from surgery. And people that were thankful and had faith in God healed surgery almost twice as fast. Now, that, I don't believe that. That was not a spiritual magazine that said that. I believe that. When you're thankful, man, men, it just makes a difference. Many of you, I can see that. You know, I went over to see Brother Arthur and Sister Mary Alice this week. If you haven't been there, I know we can't get out like we could. I mean, it just humbles me to see how, how Brother Arthur has arranged it for his wife. He's got these rails, and Sister Mary Alice can't walk. But, but, I mean, it's just amazing to me. I told him, it just humbled me. I was in awe when I got there. The, the uh, therapist was just leaving, and Brother Arthur had in his strap. Sister Mary Alice would say, do you want to go watch TV? We were going out to have lunch, Brother Arthur and I. And she said, yeah, well, he pushed the button, had her in his strap. She'd go around, sat down. I mean, I mean, just amazed. Just humble, you know, but but why? Because they're thankful. Now, Mary Alice, Sister Mary Alice told me, she said, you know, I know I'll never walk again. but I'm so thankful. (laughs) Where do you get that from? Where where can you get that? When you see people say, I'm thankful, God. I can't walk, I can't do anything, but I'm thankful. Brother Arthur said, I don't know how long I can do this, but I'm going to do it as long as I can. I'll tell you what, that's the power of Gratitude. And the lip service just part of it. First Thessalonians 5:18, you get a little net, catch another gear. Okay, be thankful for all things. Ephesians 5. It says there that, that we're filled with, with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, and that we're thankful for everything. I mean, I mean, even the problems we have, we say thank you, God, for allowing this to come into me. If it's going to bring me closer to you, then oh God, that's okay. Help me be thankful. It glorifies God. And it communicates God's glory. Look at 2 Corinthians with me, chapter 4. You see what happens to God. The very end of God's purpose in creating you and saving you is glory. That's his ultimate end. The glory of God. And you can't have it without glory without gratitude. And I pray that God would make us have a hunger and thirst for it. What a second. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at at, um, verse 15. For all things are for your sakes. For your sakes. Why? That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. So everything, the good, the bad, the ugly and all, what's happened, this is for you. Because it's going to cause glory to be given to God as you thank Him because that's how God communicates His glory. Listen to me. Help me listen to myself more more than that. God communicates His glory by giving us thankful hearts. So that's why we need to say it and do it and live it. Because thankfulness and gratitude is the only way that we really express our genuine heart to God. It's not about things and doing. It's not about works. It's about glorifying God by being thankful. Then lastly, and I'll close right quick. Gosh, it's already time. That gratitude grows faith. And faith is what pleases God. And the reason I know that is because Jesus says it. I don't know anything except what Jesus says. I hope you don't either. <laughs> he says in verse 19, and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. You see, you see, faith grows in the soil of gratitude. That's what it grows in. And we need to thank God for this. You remember Jesus in John eleven forty one? 41. I think that's the verse goes to Mary and Martha when Lazarus died, And just before he raises Lazarus, he says, I thank thee, God, that you've heard me. I mean, it hadn't happened yet. But he was thanking God. I told you one day, I think I did a while back, years ago when I was doing some work, forestry work, a guy sent me a letter and asked me to do something. And I never will forget he, his salutation was, he closes his letter saying, I'm thanking you in advance. You know, I thought about that. You know what it made me want to do? made me want to do it more. I mean, you see, that's the power of being thankful. Jesus said, God, I thank you that you've heard me. And he knew that because faith, that's what grows gratitude, your faith, because you know as well as I do that God is going to be with us I don't know just like you. I don't know which way this country is going. But I know one thing that's going exactly where God is going to allow it and He has a purpose in it. And what we need to do is just hunker down and say, you know what, I'm going to be thankful. You sit around your Thanksgiving table, whoever it is, but it's nobody but a mirror, and you say, thank you, God, that you have all this and Jesus too. What an abundant Savior that we have. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your abundant grace and glory. We do, Lord, all want to be thankful. We are thankful. Please forgive us when we're not. Every thankless day is a wasted day. And we've wasted far too many of them. We're coming back to you, Jesus, and we know we can't come back to you unless we're thankful. And if we're not coming back to you, it can only mean one thing. We're getting further from you. Please have mercy upon us as we cry out to you, O oh God, our help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.